Hello and welcome back to Take Flight Podcast, episode number 71. Today we are talking about the rich are getting richer during the pandemic and the value of money. Now, during the pandemic, there may have been irreversible changes made to our economy, also the job market as well as wealth inequality. Certain online giants like Google, Amazon, etc., were able to conduct business as usual, whereas others were labeled as non-essential and forced to shut down. This has led to an increase in wealth creation over the last year, way more than before in history. Now, we discuss, is it fair for billionaires and tech companies to make approximately trillions of value during COVID, whereas others can't? And then we dive a little bit deeper into the topic of money. What does it mean to us and its value? Seems like all assets are going up, as well as cryptocurrency, which we also discuss. So we hope you enjoy episode number 71 of Take Flight Podcast. Now, before we get into the episode, we just wanted to say a very big thank you to all our listeners. We've just found out recently that Take Flight Podcast is in the top 5% podcasts globally. And at the moment, there are more than 2 million podcasts around the world. So a very big thank you for your support. Please share this with your friends. Please let them know about the podcast. We've got lots of episodes that we hope is giving you value. So please continue to share. And thank you so much for the support. On top of that, we've recently started Take Flight Tuesdays in Clubhouse. Our next conversation will be this coming Tuesday on the 2nd of March. Please do join us. We look forward to continuing in the conversation there and uh, enjoy the episode. The status of the richest be passed between Elon Musk and Jeff Bezos over the last year, where we've seen them gain trillions and trillions. People have said that we've seen the rich gain probably around 10 trillion over the last year, even though we've been in a pandemic. What are you guys' views of this? Do you think it's fair, um, especially when you see small businesses closing down during the last year as well? My question to that is, why wouldn't it be fair? Mm. That is a question. We often say, is it fair? But mm. really and truly, why, aren't, why do we perceive it not to be fair that they're getting richer? The reason I would start with that, the reason why I would say it's not perceived as being fair because these companies were forced to shut down, right? It wasn't a situation where they could stay open and individuals can decide if they want to take on that risk or not. They were mandated to close down their store. So if you're looking at restaurants, if you're looking at gyms, etc. Yeah, but then that's that's where there's there's room for opportunity. That's where you have to be quick and to innovate and be adaptable and flexible we've seen a number of stores department stores you know fashion outlets that have you know ridden you know rode the wave some have gone under um but i use primark because primark as an example they were asked a few years ago whether they wanted to have an online presence they said no even with covid hitting that question came up again they said no they only want physical stores and they're making that decision a conscious a conscious decision not to have an online presence and you know be only in an oxford street and other you know other stores um, um nationally hmm. but also at the same time i know there is an element where some department stores have an online presence but also benefit from the physical customer i'll use harrods self and selfridge as an example they get a lot of money and make a lot of sales through tourism so when people come into the uk they know harrods is a very very well known british store you know, you might even go there for, you know, afternoon tea, whatever it may be, but also the experience. So they have that that physical attraction. 
And of course they have an online store, but you wouldn't get the same experience you'd get online with the in-person store. But then back to the question of, is it fair that these billionaires, these millionaires are getting richer? It's not necessarily a problem with them getting richer. I think people often have a problem with how they use that profit or the wealth that they've created. Mm. Um, given, no, there, there is no obligation. There is no obligation whatsoever for them to donate, support the needs of other people. That's not necessarily what they're there to do. But with their CSR, their corporate social responsibility, it may be of their best interest, especially as they look as they you know, impact the environment, the economy, of course, appeasing their shareholders on how they may use those profits to possibly reinvest in certain areas, especially maybe from underprivileged backgrounds where they haven't got the technology for, um, for you know, online school and those sorts of initiatives, but they're not obligated to do so. But we as a people tend to think better of them when they do announce that they're now going to donate X amount or help X number of school students over the X number of years to help them in their education. They don't have to, they choose to. I don't necessarily think it's a problem with them getting richer because it's what their business is and every business is there to make money or to provide a service unless you're a, you know, a non-profit organization. It's no problem them getting richer is what I'm trying to say. How they make their money is up to them. We are the consumers. We're the ones that decide whether they get richer in most instances. Yeah, that's of course, a good point. That's a good point. Behind the scenes. But, you know, Amazon, everyone's saying, oh, Jeff Bezos, you know, lend me, lend me, lend me a fiver. But I'm still on Amazon Prime every day buying stuff. <laughs> so if I'm annoyed to get richer, why not stuff on my Prime account? <laughs> why not stuff on my Prime account? Yeah, Dan, anyway. I, I, love the, I love the way you've opened up. Actually, just, just maybe to lean in with from my first point is when I first saw the topic of the, the agenda, the first thing that came to mind was um, not necessarily as a question, is it fair? It's almost like the way the question was positioned is almost like we're surprised that the wealth gap has, has basically widened. And one thing we do know is that the market works in cycles. You've got the short-term cycles and long-term cycles. So it's safe to say that, and we've seen it in the past, right? Every eight to 10 years, there's going to be something along the lines of a black swan event. And then there's going to be what you can call as a pandemic um, and this wealth transfer taking place. So it comes back to the question of, I mean, there are structures in place, but it, can't, it speaks back to that education. It speaks back to that networks and it speaks back to Daniel's point on some taking risk and innovating. So it's really around this period, the, it's a level playing field, right? And it's those who are positioned in those, in those, um, in those, what I've just mentioned as to who can take advantage. So for me, it's not a question of like, I, I think I can come onto the fair piece. I had an example um, with Philip Green and Arcadia, um, but just generally looking at how things take place every 10 years, you know, I, I, it, it it's been happening. It's not, it's not the first time it's happened. Sure, your, your initial reaction to the question. Um, I, I think similar to UP, I think the, the word fair, it, the, 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 it comes with kind of connotations and then you go into discussions about bias and then I think a lot of opinions can come into it as well. I think essentially the people that we're talking about, um, these are companies that are providing a service. And as Daniel has said, these are businesses that are for profit. And during the pandemic, as because of their business model, companies like Netflix, Facebook, Amazon, they provide services that everyone is using and everyone is needing. So I don't see it being a fair, unfair discussion because they're essentially making money from something that's in demand and that's of use to a lot of people. 
which is generating the wealth creation. Now, how that's distributed and can more be, be done for people at one end than the other, I think that's a different discussion. But whether it's fair or not, it's just market dynamics, right? And if you're providing a service or a product that generates that level of demand, then I think you should be compensated for that. Um, yeah. And, and the thing is, they also... I think when I throw, because I think just me oh, being the devil's advocate in this situ- scenario, right? I think the reason why I argue the case of the fear element is, one is the... We all know that uh, trillions have been pushed into the economy, right? We know money has been pushed into the economy and when we look at where the money goes to a lot of this money is supporting large businesses in terms of bailouts right so when we talk about stimulus checks etc that certain people receive or furlough that people receive is pennies in comparison to how much the businesses are getting in terms of bailout and support also you can argue the case of okay a lot of these people have received a lot of these people's wealth is based on stocks and shares right stocks and shares in their companies Looking at what we've seen in terms of an increase during the pandemic, I would argue are these companies overinflated, right? Like if if I see your if I see your stock price times three times four Tesla, etc., right? Have you can you argue can you clearly show me four or five times more revenue or benefit? Yeah, I don't that think, this, I don't think this is a good example though. Yeah, I hear you're mm. saying. So that's where I'm saying is that fair? I look. I have a house, whatever, et cetera. During the pandemic, I haven't truly seen <laughs> that increase. So should my, you understand what I mean? It's like, are we, are they getting rewarded because of the fact that they're in a tech space and we've seen lots of changes in the tech space where there's corrections and now it's being reduced, et cetera. Um, we've seen them being pumped with a lot of money. I'm just trying to look at it that way in terms of that's what I think has been unfair. And I feel like they've been given a playground to play, which has been removed from other people, right? If I look at small businesses, small restaurants, they were told, hey, these are the criteria you're going to need to do to be open. Then they came back to them. So companies spent hundreds, some millions, so thousands or millions on making sure that their restaurants was COVID proof per se. And then all of a sudden it was like, no, you need to close up shop. Like they've been put in a field where they cannot win. It's impossible to win in that space. I, th- I think I, I, just just to check in. So just building a little bit on on the on my initial comment earlier. I think with, with the, I think the tech companies, I, they all have their own uh, moats, right? They all have a way of doing business that means there's significantly high barriers of entry. So I personally think we should take them out of the conversation because they're essentially doing a service that online they can do and they do it very very well. Um, so I think they don't have as much competition versus the smaller businesses. Now, probably where I w- could argue the unfair aspect is you have these cafes or corner stores or whatever that are deemed as non-essential, but they're small family-run businesses. These businesses have had to close down, whereas chains, larger restaurant chains, for example, that have drive-through accessibility, they can still remain open. There, I can probably see that fair unfair angle of being told to close down, but then a restaurant the size of McDonald's remains open. Then I think we can, there's more of a discussion of the fair and unfair, but I think on the tech side of things, P already mentioned about the, the educational aspect. There's still opportunities to invest in these companies, right? You just need to know about it and understand it. But I think for the for the tech ones, it's difficult to say, is it fair or unfair when it's still driven by market demand? 
It's driven by people wanting to buy. The... I agree, it's driven by yeah. market demand. But I'm saying, in terms of a crisis, there's yeah. been opportunities we've seen financial crisis, right? Where the government decided we are going to back these big companies after they made mistakes, right? You can look at airline companies right now, which airline companies have closed, but Delta and whatever are still their share prices is still going up because they've been given trillions and trillions of money to to stay alive. We haven't seen that same focus or support in smaller businesses, in my view. Right? But then you ask yourself, these but, bigger companies obviously have some value to the government that are being that, that or who whoever's bailing them out. Employees and income they're taxes. Going to, they, they, they're not going to give. They're not going to give you millions of pounds if they don't receive a benefit from that. 100%. And unfortunately, the small businesses can't. It's not scalable to the large businesses. You know, these large businesses go bust. It has a much bigger ramification for you know totally the agree. level of unemployment. So I don't, obviously I don't think it's fair, especially even when you think about you know mm. the the contracts that were handed out by the government. Um, and that, that's you know that's a scandal in itself. But it's very difficult to even like Shaw said when you bring the tech aspect into it, and when you think about the wealthiest people, the two names that have always come in, come into play in the recent weeks and months: Jeff Bezos and Elon Musk. And even when something was when Elon Musk was first announced the richest man on the world in the world, I just thought this isn't long lasting because he, the majority of his wealth is tied to stock. So Tesla stock goes up, his wealth on you know he, not intrinsic wealth, but his wealth on you know so to speak because of what he owns goes up. Hmm. It's not you know it's it's not going to be long term because it can tumble as it did. It went to second, back to first, X Y Z. But you know when you think about Warren Buffett, that one's that one's true wealth. That's like that's old money. That's not new money. That's old money. Old <laughs> money. Tailing, old, tailing old, money. Old. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, last, old money. Last five years money. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I think it's a, there's definitely different, diff, definitely a different um, kettle of fish. But unfortunately, back to large businesses, small businesses, they're large for a reason, and they're yeah, you know, they're deemed large. I, yeah, we've just. Now, with this one, you're always going to have a for and against. You can easily ask for We can both do the same. We can stand on either side of the fence. But I think to, to Daniel's point, it's true. The larger companies have played a role because of the number of people that they've hired over the years mm. and how much these people are paying in income taxes. That has a benefit mm. to the government, which they then use for their for their services, right? Um, which is not quite the same on a smaller scale business. So it's it's a little bit... What we're not talking about is the risk that these business owners have taken to get themselves into the position that they're in. Mm. We're focusing a lot on their upside, but when they sort of have a crash or, or they're, they're bankrupt, we don't necessarily put as much attention on that. Is it is it fair or these things? So the one thing I have said, one thing I when I was looking into this um, that I do think is a bit unfair is where you have, I don't think personal greed in this particular time period where you're using your network's education to get ahead and increase your wealth is unfair. I think you're doing what you should do based on what you've acquired. I think where it's unfair is when you have that sort of corporate greed that leaves millions um, stranded. So, for example, I think there's an example with Philip Green and Arcadia. I think there's a there's a 1.1 billion pension fund hole. Um, I don't even know exactly the root causes, but that that for me is unfair, right? Because because these pe these employees. I mean, pension funds is one top separate topic, but um, you're basically people have put years of service into the company to then find themselves in a position where they may not even be able to have a pension. That's where I feel um, governments support funding um, um, bailouts need to basically really come in play and help. And I think they're going through that process right now. That's where it's really, I think, unfair. So I think unfairness is probably in pockets. There's some yeah. examples, but I don't think it's a blanket. 
But, but I think, why don't I, think we... the, 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 yeah. I was going to say, I think it's, there's always going to be an, an element, an element of unfairness. Always, no matter how you look at it, no matter what the the industry is, there's always going to be oh, winners and losers. And unfortunately, there needs to be winners and losers. Otherwise, it's not going to work. Mm-hmm. For sure. So, okay, then why don't we switch in terms of instead of talking about unfair or fair, why don't we talk about what this pandemic has taught us about the value of money? And what money that actually means to each one of you. So, yeah, has your views on money changed during this pandemic, or no, has it stayed the been... same? No, it's just so... been reinforced. I, I think I think we all knew this before the pandemic that money has no value. The only value that money has is the value that we give it. Human capital give give money. Um, because, for example, if you look at cryptocurrency now, Bitcoin, that value is driven by what we believe it it's, has its value. So this pandemic has only reinforced what we already believed. Um, I think in the US, 20% of all US dollars in circulation was printed last year, right? So, and, and it's clear, the more, you, the more you print something, the less value, whatever it is in circulation it has. So for me, it's always been a case where money is just a tool um, for change. And it depends on how you yield that tool as to whether it brings positive or negative change. Um, and that's really what it comes down to. But it, it, it in itself has no value. Piece you said you had you had the same view prior to the pandemic, but it's just reinforced it, right? Hundred percent. So what I've seen this pandemic is I've actually seen it play out. So before mm-hmm. it was a lot of education and and theory and seeing how things have worked in history, looking at the Great Depression going as far back and just seeing how things play out. This pandemic, when I'm reading the headlines, right? The UK government has released X number of billions injected X number of billions into the market. It's like okay, this is the evidence now, right? This is the the proof. So yeah. um. Yeah. Because previously, the last crisis or financial quote unquote crisis we've had was the financial crisis, right? In 2008. And mm-hmm. we were quote unquote young. Like we didn't truly see or feel the impact of this. So, this is the first one that we're experiencing as working class, uh, mid age um, adults. What about yourself, Shua? Yeah. So, I was going to say, um, I think my perception of money also hasn't really change similar to peace kind of been reinforced one thing i have to say though i think the discussions i'm having with friends and family about money has probably changed for the better i think the recession happening i don't know if recessions are right, but the pandemic and then everything that happened economically because of that people are becoming aware now that things that we've spoken about in previous episodes the idea of having one source of income versus multiple the idea of investing in shares i have group chats now where i have friends talking about shares performance this going up this going down less invest tracker funds all of this stuff and these are conversations that weren't going on 18 months ago so i think this has made people realize i think also i've seen friends that are now the idea of having side hustles, things that we've spoken about on this podcast right from the beginning, now people are realizing the importance of it and then thinking with That's the pandemic, true. let's give it a go. So I think in that sense, it's, re- it's, give- it's been a reality check for a lot of people. Um, and I think, for, but for me personally, not so much of a big change, but just a confirmation of, a, of assumptions. Just one little quick plug. Um, if you want to know also some other financial topics that we've discussed in episode 63, we talked about net worth versus self-worth, where we talked about the, uh, the monetary uh, value and whether we compare this with our self-worth. And another episode, which I can recommend, was episode 62, where we talked about how much money do you need to earn to be happy and can money buy happiness? So just to share those episodes, episode 62 and 63 of Take Flight Podcast. Mr. Plug, you, you, plug, you know what? Plugging in those episodes. Uh, Daniel, go ahead. I was going to just come back to that fairness piece. 
No, no, good. One of the things that we're not talking about enough, I guess, when you talk about fairness, we should speak about it as an entirety. We're focusing a lot on the business owners who have who have experienced a huge upside during this period. Um, and then you're basically saying on the flip side, what about those sort of um, what about the average person that goes to work, comes back home and is now sort of um, doesn't have a job? Are we talking about how the school system is is perhaps failing people in them not necessarily being prepared for times like this? Right. Because there is an element of taking a bit of risk. Um, being a little bit entrepreneurial, having some form of business for protections in, in these times. So, when we, if I think about the fairness, right, it's it's looking at the whole end-to-end -end spectrum and saying, okay, where, where is um, what's really fair? Because yeah. schools are not preparing you for this. Yeah, go ahead, go ahead. Just go ahead. Yeah. Okay. yeah, no, I was gonna say that most people are not were are not prepared for a pandemic, right? I think we gotta understand that this is an extreme scenario. Um, I totally agree with you in terms of the school system hasn't prepared people for um, ownership. It's a conversation about ownership, right? That's why I think about this whole pandemic, right? Is a whole conversation about ownership. What this pandemic has taught me is to actually value cash less. So what I mean value cash less, I mean cash sitting in my bank account less. So... The reason I say that is because, yes, you need to have the basic to cover you for an emergency. So either that's three months, six months, right? And then you want to focus on having cash flow. So I'm less focused about having a large sum and making sure that on a month-by-month -month basis, I've got money coming in. But this pandemic showed me that you the only the only risk you can do or take is not, no action. Like, you already guarantee that that's going to fail. You know the value of money is going to drop year like. One thing that's guaranteed is that one pound, one dollar, whatever currency you're in, it's going to be less valuable five, ten years down the line if you don't do anything with it. You just touch it. But when you start to invest that, when you start to use that to spend, um, to start a business or try and cr um, create or purchase an asset that generates certain cash flow, then you've got an opportunity there of that either increasing. Obviously, there's an opportunity of that. Um, reducing or declining but is that massive gain that you can achieve by investing it so that's one thing i've learned mainly from this pandemic um in regards to like the fear element of it i totally agree with you N most of us are not prepared to to succeed um in terms of in this world in terms of finance um unfortunately like daniel said which is completely true right it's coming from a place of power these big giant companies have employed a lot of people. They generate a lot of cash. If you look at Apple and you look at their their cash that they generate is crazy amounts, right? So in those scenarios, you as a government, you as a person is going to support that bigger giant, right, than a smaller company. Rightfully, wrongfully so. It's just logic. You're going to do that. Um, but for me, I think the biggest thing I've learned doing this is money is only valuable as a tool to invest in assets or anything that generates cash on a monthly, daily, weekly basis, whatever. Yeah, just quick, just quickly, just to chime in on that one. Totally agree with what Oliver was saying, and then we can go to Daniel. Um, you talk about what's, I guess, speaking to that fairness or what you've learned. One of the things I think this has taught everyone is the ability to anticipate. Right? Mm -hmm. How well are you? If you think about, you should always. We should be thinking about. We should be thinking right now. What happens to our operations, our businesses, if there was no internet, 
right? So we need to be, I think that's one of the biggest things that has come from it, um, in addition to sort of the value of money, which is the ability to anticipate and are you sort of protecting yourself and are you building a business that can withstand a downturn? Um, and that's where I think people who have done that well have been able to win during this period, right? And Pete, just to build build on that as well, I think, like Oli mentioned the black swan, and I think you're you're basically saying that we should be prepared for this. I think if, if we think we're all around the 30 age, right, around that, and how many kind of once in a lifetime moments has there been? So 9-11 is something that happened when we were kids. At that point, all the markets, et cetera, were spooked. Mm. Then the big recession in 08, which was triggered in the US because of the mortgage market that had a financial impact across the globe and then now we see the 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 pandemic which again was kind of a once in a in a lifetime so just in our life in the 30 years that we've been alive there's been three monumental moments that have happened so i could probably say with a high chance in the next 60 years the chances are there's going to be at least another maybe three five six moments as well the, ne so, the next one's the next one's internet they're locking it off Fact. So, but that we should all be, basically the, the message of preparing and being like sure that we have our cash invested, everything set up um, in different ways because we can't, we don't know what's going to happen, right? But we just need to be prepared for that and anticipate it, as Pavilo said. Would let me ask you a serious question. Let me, question. If, if, let me if, ask you a question. Yeah. The internet got locked off right now. What's going on? But why? Why? Because I don't well, want to yeah. dive too much into conspiracy. Why do you conspiracy? Help me understand that line of thinking. Where's this I'll, block off of the internet? No, from? because because I'm just thinking about five G towers. <laughs> no, it's not even that. It's not even that. Honestly, I swear. Dan, I was just thinking about anticipating, right? So, you, okay, I guess. Okay, this is what I'm. This is maybe the point I'm making. We're not asking us. The biggest risk is the things that we're not seeing and what we're missing. So I think the question, I think maybe the reason why I put it out there is because have you even thought about a world or three weeks without no internet? And could you could you manage, could you move? You probably haven't. All, all, I, all, all I need is my prayer mat and my Quran. And I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> that's the, so that's, so I guess that's a great example of even what's happened during this COVID period. None of these sort of hotels or hospitality chains thought this could, you, people would be indoors for a year plus. They, you just wouldn't think, but maybe. So, so people, what would you do? What would you do if the internet locked off? What would you do? Oh, it's a struggle, no, isn't it? Okay, <laughs> now I got, I got my, fam I got my family. You know, I'm just thinking now, actually, just real quick. I was thinking I would have to, I'd have to wire so much money to one account because I, obviously I can't see that account right during the internet being down, and then just use my debit card as per normal, and then, and then we'll just. But I guess if you went to the shop, that sounds like well, internet means you had a heads up. Point you will get the notice. You won't get the heads up to be able to transfer the, yeah. Boy, it's peak, yeah, isn't it? It's, it's, I am legend, isn't it? <laughs> no, no, let's but, get to it. Daniel, go no, ahead. But, I, no, one question I wanted to ask about that is, because um, I actually had a conversation with someone that I said, what this pandemic has taught me is that we are so reliant on technology. Um, and if we ever reached a stage where we had a I am legend sort of scenario, how many people know how to even hunt for food or produce food? Man, a lot of people. Grocery stores. Up, I can do see these films, yeah? <laughs> see, these, see these films, yeah? These films are documentaries, you know? They're not films. That's another They teach you anyways. how to survive. But no, one question I wanted to ask, following up from um, <laughs> Shuwal's point, um, <laughs> that I wanted to ask you about is, how many of you can say that you, you truly executed this pandemic? And the reason why I'm going to say this is, and I'll start, right? Because for me, 
Well, it's not. There was a great opportunity. <laughs> there was a great First, opportunity. Okay, yeah? go, go. And let Obviously. me be real and transparent. There was a great opportunity. Yeah. In March, when the stock market crashed, yeah, or crashed and went down, yeah, I could put, I could stand here and say, I, know you're I knew say, you can't there was going to be a recovery. But, okay. I knew there was going to be a recovery. I think okay. every single one of us could have said here, in well, hindsight's yeah. a beautiful thing, man. In exactly. March, exactly. I, I, no, it's not March, hindsight. Everything's it's not hindsight anymore. Is, the reason no, why no, it's not hindsight because, anymore. It's not hindsight because you know what? Do you know why? Because you'd have been in March, but you wouldn't have known when to buy. The reason why you can't say it's hindsight, yeah, is because we've had different scenarios. Hindsight, for me, hindsight is, um, uh, and this is not saying you should, well, but hindsight is an idiot's excuse, right? And the reason I say that is a lot of stuff that happens in, <laughs> a lot of stuff that happens in life have happened before. But we haven't read up about it or seen, okay, how did the market recover in this particular crisis or this particular crash? So even if, yes, you can argue, yes, we didn't know exactly when the bottom is, right? Yeah, go on. No, continue, continue. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hit you, though. See yeah, you even though you could argue that we didn't know when the <laughs> bottom was, we, we, I could easily say in five years, ten years' time, I know the market would have recovered. So I'll sit to give you an example for myself. When everything crashed, crashed in March, end of March slash beginning of um, April, I probably put around two, three K into the market. Yeah. Those particular investments, they weren't like, I'm not the smartest person in terms of picking stocks. Those particular investments, yeah, have gone up 80, some even 100% since that period of time. And I didn't go right. 100% in, right? Huh? Not 300. What you said? Not 300%. <laughs> no, 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 no. Maybe you got some 300. I know you got some. You, you, your paid your on, employment pays you to have that sort of extra edge. But no, but um, um, a lot of my investments went up significantly. I like part of me is sitting there saying, okay, Oli, you didn't truly trust the system. And you didn't, like, are we missing out on big opportunities because we're not playing big? If you look at it's Elon not, Musk, it's, right? It's, it's, it's he not decided that, no, to put, it's not it's not that you didn't trust the system. You didn't. You didn't believe in what you were doing. No, I did. You didn't truly believe. Did. You didn't because if I you did. believed in it, you would have put bro, more. It in. comes down to balls, bro. You didn't have no. For me, it doesn't come down to that. It comes down to how prepared. And I, I will stand here and say I wasn't truly prepared for the pandemic. Right? Prepared you in terms of saying okay. Prepared in terms of saying oh, oh I promise. How you, much yeah. cash do I need to stay Should... comfortable for a period of time? Gone. Olu, I promise you, this is the kind of thinking that's going to kill you. Not kill you, literally. But what, what I mean is, it's the same <laughs> thing with the Bitcoin. It's, just, it's the same mm. thing with the Bitcoin. It, I, I mentioned yeah. that thing about that 2014. We don't know what we don't know. And so mm. the only thing you can do is commit to yourself today to say, look, I've experienced what that feels like to not take advantage of what I believed mm. was actually going to recover. So the yeah. next time it comes up, I'm going to basically go all in. So for me, I'm going to I'm basically saying, make sure you've got the balls next time it happens, because that's just how it works. If but we, do we keep, have to live we, it to do we have to live it to say we're going to be of course prepared? of course because no, i disagree with that i disagree with that no but not everything you don't have to live there is something no but there is yeah but well, you're, you're about to live it so what i'm saying to you is you have there there are some things you have to basically experience to, to, to know better so so but i just feel like that way of thinking is going to sort of crush us internally for no reason you're, you're being so hard on yourself go ahead basically life can be understood backwards but it must be lived forwards case closed <laughs> yeah no but it's been a while so what, you, you, what, what you guys are saying that those points sound they're good quotes yeah <laughs> but this no is like this is, this this is, this is basically say, my say point. you learn from how many other times, people's yeah? mistakes you learn how from other times, people's yeah? mistakes 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. Are you trying to tell me that this pandemic, in terms of what's happened to the financial uh, financial uh, markets, is isolated and is only this time that it's happened? No, 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 no. It, it, it happens every eight to ten years. We know this. But what I'm saying to you is, you knew that. But why this time you didn't you didn't put it all in? There's, because there's something is it's mm. you. It's not the market. So so no, and I agree with I agreed I agree with saying that it's me, but I didn't need to live it to to now say okay next time I'm gonna do it, and it's because there's gonna be certain different scenarios. Let's take the thing is you did take advantage. You just didn't you just didn't you just didn't over leverage or at least to the ceiling. You put two to three k in. You did you did make the most of it. The the thing is for you you're because I know how many let me ask question how many times have you calculated if you had put X amount in Bitcoin in only on Bitcoin only on Bitcoin only on Bitcoin that's the only one. Only on Bitcoin. But that's but that's exactly the same thing. Like we keep going back and saying, Oh, if if only I had done this, if only I had done that, if only I had you've literally just said just now you've put money into the market when it was down and you're up hundred and something percent. So all I would say to you is moving forward. One thing I'm afraid with our group. Yes. Why are you pissed? Why are you pissed? Let me know. Why are you pissed? So I'm not, so uh, the word is not pissed. It's more (laughs) advice that you're giving out in terms of if you truly see a pattern or you've learned something from history or previous crisis, you should go more in. Like you should be more, you should be more assertive with your decision. Yeah. Okay. Because even in regards in yeah, regards to ten k, ten k into Bitcoin his, tonight. Ten k into Bitcoin tonight. Pardon if me? you don't read about history, history. If you don't ten k about history, no, <laughs> watch this. Watch this. Watch the reaction. Ten yeah. k into Bitcoin tonight. You know it's but going up. No, you but know it's going up. Olu, you know it's going, going up. Going up. See, that's the thing about it. No, no, Olu, no. You but he doesn't have up. a point. The reason why he doesn't have a point is whenever you have any specific investment, you get to decide which investment you want. Bitcoin could go up, but it might not be the best place for my money to go up. If it's going to go up by 20%, 30%, it might not be the best place to deploy your money. That's, that's just talk, by saying Bitcoin it. is going to go up. We're, talk, we're talking about psychology right now. Hold on, I'm okay. telling you now. When Bitcoin hits 100, let me give you a perfect example. Let me give talk. you a perfect example. Apple just dropped recently, right? Where they called it as a tech fin. In the last month, Apple's gone down by what 10, 15%. What did I do in that situation? Pump money into buy Apple. Buy on the dip. Everyone so, buys so, on the so, dip. Any trader, so any emotions buy on the dip. We'll buy it on the dip. So you're, so you're doing it then. You're doing it. But you just sound, you just sound, it, it, I think it feels like you sound like you should have put in 15K or 20K. Don't be living life like that, B. No, it's not about living life like that. It's knowing when to be more. I think if I ask you a question here, when have you been. When have you been correct about a particular or seen a particular trend or an opportunity? And you can 100% say here that you've gone 110% in. I can say that uh, most of us on this call there's, haven't there's, had that opportunity. There's, there's, there's always the, the problem, element the problem, of risk and the fear factor. There's always the fear yeah. factor. There's always mm-hmm. like, what if? Because, you know, we always say only invest what you're willing to lose. Because I think, yeah. 10K might get you 100K. Great. But <laughs> am I willing to lose 10K? Nah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. That's, I, that's, I think, that's, that's the whole point. I think. I think Investors like ourselves have to live this period to know how to position ourselves moving forward. We needed this experience because this is the first time we've actually been able to play at a time when we've had some capital to be part. Like you're actually talking about being part of the game. In 2008, mm-hmm. you wasn't, I don't know what you was doing, but we'll let's say you wasn't, we'll yeah, we wasn't <laughs> invested the way we are today. So I think, going back to your question, I do think that if you talk to successful investors, they will tell you of where they learned how to make moves and it was in previous, it was in previous cycles. So 
but there are people that get lucky, right? There are people that put. I their don't money think it's lucky. I think sometimes we there's some people that do get lucky, but I think there's also element of it of preparing yourself, right? I think there's a lot of people that maybe this pandemic didn't impact them. They were either too young. They're listening to this, and. The, they don't need to experience this to say, okay, this is what happened in the pandemic, right? I think if we had educated ourselves more of what happened in 2008, the other stuff, what happened in the market, we would have, I think, had a bigger play, right? We would have had a but probably I can a tell mastermind. You, yeah, go on. I can tell you that I think we're definitely making, uh, we're definitely making the best of from the property standpoint. What do I say that? One, capital, cap, we had capital ready. Right before this went into it, we took advantage of the bounce back loans. Yeah. Number two, we're taking advantage of the stamp duty tax. We didn't know these opportunities would come up, but we knew there would be some opportunities. Mm -hmm. So, so, and you, we're still taking advantage of these things that are happening now. So, I, I think, I think you, you, you have, you have to live it. You have to, like, I think 2020. Um, yeah, you, I think you have to live it to, to because only you. You can't read it in the. You can't read this in a book. Like for example, you can read about all these uh, buying a dip in a book and then and then bounce back up. But you have to live it to realize, okay, never again. Or I know what to do next. Personally, but we're, so we're I, going I, we're going off we're going off topic. So just a, just just kind of being an outsider of the conversation, I personally feel like I'm hearing you guys say the same thing, just slightly different angles. Personally, I yeah, think now we are. Now we are. Yeah, now we are. Because because I, I think the outcome of what you both are saying, the outcome doesn't necessarily change. Olu's just saying that if you okay, let me let me replay this back to make sure that I've understood. So I'm sure other listeners may appreciate it as well. Olu's basically saying that if you educate yourself enough and know everything properly beforehand, then you don't need to learn from your mistakes. You basically can just execute when the opportunity arises. Pabilo is basically saying that until you've gone through the experience yourself. Then it's only when you've gone through the experience and gone like learn everything afterwards can you realize what that experience was and then you can make the action later on. So for no, me, is that wrong? That's a bit of both. The way you the way you said that because I, I think it's a bit of both. And, and but that's I the thing. Right I don't think it's one that. or the. I don't think it's one or the other. I think it's a bit of both. Yeah. So Oli, does that answer the question that you had? <laughs> nope. <laughs> No, but um, uh, <laughs> no, 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 so the value of money is um, PV, present value equals future value over one plus four. Okay. That's thank you for your thank you money. for your dissertation. Send us a copy of your dissertation formula. No, the, the value of money, I don't think it's necessarily changing. I think it just maybe amplified that money should be a tool um, that we use to create cash flow. Mm -hmm. One thing that we've all seen, regardless of um, your you know employment status or whatever it is right now, it's the importance of cash flow. We're spending a lot more time at home. Um, if you work in, you're getting paid 12 times a year. But really and truly, it's the cash flow that will help you to, to, to stay above water, to help meet your short to medium and long-term needs at the same time. Because right now, we're all thinking, how can I be making money whilst I'm sleeping? How can I be making money while I'm conversing on this podcast? Because, yeah, it's great that we have a, a, a fixed and, you know, God willing, a stable job. But outside of that, what else can I do to generate more income to invest in other areas? But conversely, at the same time, I might be a walking contradiction, but we all know cash is king. 
because it's only with cash is what you you can only do any investment with the, the you know the liquid cash that you have. I'm sure I'm sure Pabilo and Shua could tell you about some no money down deals that they could do. Let me save my impressions off the podcast. <laughs> no, um, what, what question I had is um, <laughs> what question I had for you guys is um, so a few years ago, a few of us uh, purchased Bitcoin and some cryptocurrency. And I just wanted to <laughs> <laughs> so so for some of the listeners that probably don't know what we're laughing at daniel can you tell us what books you just held up no it's just two books a, serial you held on, up? a serial entrepreneur who um helps you in property you're just um doing a, a, a shameless plug that was all okay no yeah, but my, um, crypto, my cryptocurrency portfolio is up 64 percent. 64 so the reason why I'm asking this question, one of our listener um, by the name of, I think it was Hannah, right? Or if I'm correct, Daniel, um, I don't remember the name. wanted us to just basically give an update on what's going on with our cryptocurrency. Um, I remember some certain, certain people in this, uh, <clears throat> certain no, people in this podcast crushing me, Pabilo, about yeah. having cryptocurrency and it dipping. So did anyone sell? Um, do you still have your cryptocurrency? How is it doing right now? And what is your plan for the future of cryptocurrency? No, actually, so I've calculated wrong. It's more than 64%. So um, what did you I've, do? I haven't... So, yeah, my favorite holding period is forever. So I, that means I haven't sold. Um, that's the first <laughs> it's because, thing. It's because... You... <laughs> yeah, go on. <laughs> go on, say what you can say, what you can say. <laughs> is, it, is it because you didn't know what you're doing or you forgot the account? <laughs> <laughs> forgot the password to sell it forgot the password <laughs> this is where forget your password actually to, helps you to be fair to be fair I actually can't log into Coinbase right now so I, I couldn't sell if I wanted <laughs> so I don't have an int- I don't but what's interesting I actually at one stage was planning to sell it and to cover some fees on, on, on a property deal but I'm glad I haven't um, I'm thinking about putting more in it's it's it is speculation it could hey, be uh, more money in crypto <laughs> yeah, why are you surprised to hear you, that? You of all people. <laughs> yeah, come on, man. Mm. <laughs> this is the guy that just says property, property, my Bitcoin, property. my Litecoin, my Ethereum is busting for the roof, man. So I need to just um... <laughs> yeah. So I haven't sold. Thinking of putting in more, um, and thinking about um looking at other coins. Perfect. But I'm only putting in with this. I'm literally only putting in my... when I put the money in. I actually assume I've lost it. Great investment advice. She will. So I've I've only got I was just checking my. I've only got um Ethereum left. Coins that you I have. You went quiet there. Was that because you was you was speaking of the amount? How comes it went quiet there? No, yeah, no I was actually because because oh, it was breaking up. I thought the you was breaking down these amounts. Can you hear me now? Yeah, go yeah. ahead. Go ahead. I right, cool. Yeah, I was saying. So all I the only um bit crypto that I have left is Ethereum. I was just trying to calculate as a percentage how it's done. It's basically wait, 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 wait. more than doubled. More than doubled. <laughs> that means you sold your Bitcoin. <laughs> no, no, I still have it. I, no, I, I don't. The only thing I have left is Ethereum. So you sold your Bitcoin then? So you sold your Bitcoin? Ah, yeah, but I sold that years ago, man. That's but okay, Ethereum so you sold performed... when it was down. Ethereum's performed just as the Bitcoin I already sold. My Ethereum's you... done really well. It's almost doubled. What price point did you get into that Bitcoin? Can you remember? No, I don't have it on here now. If you could, are you on Coinbase? Yeah. Go if on you had one coin, 
go to oh, portfolio tab and then click on <laughs> click on ethereum <laughs> and then it show you ethereum wallet click on that it will tell you how much your history oh yeah okay. will you tell him how much he would have made if he kept it no no what about you daniel yourself daniel's a big so, boy in this thing we might as well go to Oli first <laughs> and then daniel last <laughs> <laughs> daniel's a big boy in this thing Oli, go ahead I some ethereum <laughs> So for no, me, I, yeah. I I kept all my um, Bitcoin, Ethereum, and also Litecoin. Um, <laughs> I didn't um, invest more into it when it dipped. Um, reason I didn't invest more was just because I didn't understand it. Um, um, it wasn't the adoption wasn't yeah. the best. I still don't, I still don't um, understand it. Um, and right now it's doubled, so I'm more than happy. Um, my plan is to not invest more into it personally, just because I don't see the use case in regards to as a, um, economic currency. I see it more as just an, an asset, like people treating it like gold and stuff like that, which there's nothing wrong with it, but I never think we're going to get to a place where at least with Bitcoin, where people are going to be using it as a currency, just because of two reasons for me personally. There's no fixed value to it. So it fluctuates, it's too volatile. So it's like, I might have one coin today. That one coin might be valued something today. Tomorrow it could be valued something else. So yeah, but they're pegged to fiat currencies. But they're pegged huh? to fiat currencies though. But they're pegged they're to fiat fair. currencies. Yeah, but but the fact that, for me, for the, the fact of the volatility and the changes of it, I just don't see people using it as just a... a then then try, a try, try ETFs. Try crypto ETFs. Huh? That's, you, you, you manage your risk a lot better with ETFs. I just want to double check, Olu, if you're wearing a turtleneck under that hoodie. Or... <laughs> no, I just... Uh... Oh. <laughs> I, was, I was actually going to be like, no. no. <laughs> I was like, wait, That's am I wearing a turtleneck? I was like... <laughs> oh, my I'm not... I'm not. I'm. I'm surprised you haven't looked at it like from a value value investing standpoint. So put put some money in today. You know it's going to go up mm. because of the interest. Because you've got now companies that are backing it. That's a game changer in itself. Mm. And then basically, you talk about use, but it could it could serve you well if you basically sell your mm. position and then use that to buy asset. Yeah, but when you talk about um, companies backing it, right? You're talking about one person who's really backing it yeah right? one person yeah now but jamie diamond you know, has also come forward and backed it It'll, there'll be more companies there'll be more companies one, person, yes. one person's been vocal there are many other companies who are backing it but in a yeah, very sure. careful in a careful manner although i think this is going to be another one of the examples where it goes up to hundred thousand plus for and sure. then you turn around and say even um, if it goes even if it goes to hundred thousand plus right <laughs> that's increased by a hundred percent i've got other plays that i believe will generate um, but what's going to give you hundred percent return yeah huh? Yeah. 100% return. If I look at the first property I purchased, that's gone up 76% and I didn't have to have any any risk right there. If you look at, um, I've been investing in banking companies since last year. That's gone up 40%, 50%. Yeah, but Again, that property is, yeah, that property is, yeah, that one's a liquid though. So if you want to pull that money out, you're then you're taking on more debt. It's a different kind of game, man. Hey, I I, I am comfortable in the, in the river's, I'm trying to make an argument to not, to not get involved <laughs> in Bitcoin. I'm telling you, Bitcoin's in and out. <laughs> and you know what? I just see so many people investing in it when it was high. AMC, GameStop, all of that stuff, right? And 
right now I don't like investing in stuff that have too much hype. Um, because I learned my lesson last yeah. time. So if it ever crashes again, <laughs> if it ever crashes again, I'll silently invest 500 pounds a month. And then hopefully we'll be talking about this differently. What about you, Daniel? Before we wrap up, drum roll, um, drum roll. Terms, yeah. in, no, 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 big no, boy no. portfolio, big boy portfolio. Daniel's, by the way, for the, for the, the office, that office that is in that hot dog. That Daniel that invested in Bitcoin in 2009. All right, 2009. Check, check the prices and do the maths. <laughs> do you know what's do you know what's crazy? Um, yeah, real quick, just Daniel, before you go, real quick, yeah. Um, 2009. Real quick, we were in the. This is another example of like you don't know what you don't know. We were in a club in LA, right? And then AJ hits me to the side and says, "Yo, you know anything about Bitcoin?" I goes, "Nah." I, mean, I didn't even go like, home and do research. Right? I didn't even. <laughs> you know what I'm trying to say so the signs are there, right? But you. When was that? What year was that? What What year was that? 2017. So imagine, said. imagine getting in then. If If I'd put 5k in then. This is how Olu talks. If I put 5K in then, imagine where it would be. <laughs> <laughs> so my point is, is you have but to believe. You wouldn't. You, wouldn't you, don't, you don't put that amount in something you don't believe in. Exactly. That's the yeah, but point. the thing is what I will say, though, if you got someone like him, who you kind of, who's in the investment space, or someone like that, right, who's got their eye to a number of investments that says to you, yo, you know about this, you should be thinking. <laughs> back, to, back to crypto. So in terms of crypto, my investments, I didn't sell anything. Um, I kept it as it was. In fact, I bought a few more coins recently in the last couple of months and just expanded my portfolio. I believe that, um, go on, so Pete? Coins as in different, as in more of the same current uh, crypto? Yeah, more, 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 more digital assets, different digital coins. Um, mm. Because when you think about the, the, the kind of the landscape of things and how it's evolving, Digital currencies are definitely going to be something that's here to stay. When you hear things like, um, you know, Tesla saying about they're going to accept crypto, um, Bitcoin payments and other digital wallets um, that are coming into circulation and some countries now saying they're looking for a digital currency, Sweden being one, which is the, you know, the most cashless country in the world. There is a certain... Um, proclivity to be moving towards a cashless society. You know, we started off very slowly with, you know, contactless payment. We started off with Apple Watches and other devices that you can make payments on the move without having physical cash. There is going to be a time when we move to the more digital world. Uh, you know, Bitcoin is coined, pun intended, as the digital gold. When you look at the different kind of blockchain technologies, you've got Ethereum 2.0 coming along the way, and all these coins run off technology so they're, they're networks in, in actual fact and when you think about these you can really very much with the fundamental and, and data that's available when you look at network addresses what's been pinged number of wallets um in circulation etc the direction of the market it is a very volatile market if you're going to invest be prepared to see highs and lows in quick fashion if you want a safer bet, of course, ETFs might be an, a, a better alternative for you. But it is ine inevitably going to rise. There are going to be drops as well and sharp drops, significant drops. But if you believe in the technology, if you believe in the direction that you know things are going, there is no reason why you shouldn't even put in a few pounds at a time. You don't have to invest all the money you want to invest. It doesn't have to be in one go. And this goes with anything. You can do it in stages. If you don't, not too sure, put a bit of money in, see how it goes. If it goes down, might might be you want to you know bite the dip, so you believe it's gonna rise again. It just could be you know some uh, uh, an, an uh, a, what's it called? a financial event that's um, impacted 
the, the value or the share of that, that stock. But inevitably, I think it's going to be one that is going to grow. There are hundreds, you know, thousands of coins out there. Not all of them are good. Some of them are very dodgy, linked to very, you know, some somewhat nefarious activity. But like do your own research. Some are, <laughs> some, some are, um, are just hype, like on Reddit, whatever it may be. But mm. an investment tip, here's a free one for you. And it doesn't just go for the stock market. The only people who get hurt on a roller coaster are the ones who jump off. There you go. Say that to, um, say that to people that um, invested in GameStop. Tell them that. <laughs> There's certain people that are yo, still in there. Yo, 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 yo. Time out. Time out, time um, out, time out. Only one second. Only one second. Daniel, run that one one more time, please. Because that one, I think, speaks to investing in general. That speaks to investing only, in general. The only people who get hurt on a roller coaster are the ones who jump off. Daniel, one more time and say it slowly, please. I beg. <laughs> say it slowly. Yeah, say this, it slowly. Print this out. <laughs> say it slowly. The, on, the only people who get hurt on a roller coaster are the ones who jump off. Hmm. And that's old Mary had a little lamb. <laughs> Follow, go ahead. That's um, how you do. That's my drop. That's my drop. Like I always say, we are not a financial um, advising podcast. If you do want financial advice, please speak to an expert, a professional. Do not take any financial advice or tips from us about any of or the inf- or, or people on Instagram <laughs> or people from Instagram. Um, a lot of those people are not even invested or in the market, and you don't know what their true um um rationale re- um or reason for the advice that they give um one thing i'll say to you daniel in in regards to um elon just before we close out did you hear about the issues he's facing in china about the electric um batteries so a lot of people oh. believe that the reason he invested in um cuz timing wise invested in cryptocurrency was to hide or disguise the issues they have with China about the electric batteries that they produce and because China is such a large market for Tesla. So again, these are some of the reasons why I personally don't want to invest into um, crypto. But like we said, do your own research, do your own information um, before you decide to invest. So thank you for listening to episode number 71 on this episode We went into um, the rich getting richer during the pandemic. Um, We talked about, do we believe it's fair that some of these online giants have been able to um, accumulate trillions and trillions during this pandemic? We've also talked about what is the value of money? What does that mean to us as it changed during this pandemic? And lastly, we looked into our crypto investments to see who kept their investments, who sold their investments, and if anyone is planning to continue investing in cryptocurrency. So thank you for listening. I'll pass it over to Daniel. If you have any feedback for us, feel free to message us on Instagram. You can find us at Take Flight Podcast or email us at takeflightpodcast at gmail.com. Take care. God bless. <laughs> take off, take-